right, everybody. Uh, welcome to Buffs and Nerves. My name is uh, Boyan. Uh, um, I'm taking over hosting duties today. How dare you? Um, Wait, have I been replaced? Sam decided. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. Day would come. Professional. I knew this day would come. Curse you, automation. <laughs> and, uh, he went to do laundry or something in the middle of the uh, podcast. I don't know. All right, you know that actually works as an intro for me. Should we just get into it, or do you want to start again? Yeah, no, kind of no, funny. Just... <laughs> well, fine. Yeah, let's continue. All right, great. Well, there's your introduction. I was off turning off my heat so that you guys wouldn't be annoyed by the sound in the background. You know, trying to commit to a level of excellence that a buffs and nerfs listener deserves. Fuck your fidelity. I don't know what you two were doing. Were you just doing shenanigans, wasting was, buffs and nerfs listeners' time? There was some I was, chicanery. I was rolling d20s. I was. Mm. Uh, I'm addicted to rolling dice. Wow, speaking of D20s, uh, I'm sure several, if not all, the listeners of our show, there aren't that many at the moment, um, know that a D20 is a 20-sided polyhedral die used in one of the most famous games of all time, Dungeons & Dragons! When you were growing up, it was either a cool thing to do or the least cool thing to do. Um, and I figured for today's episode, first of all, welcome to Buffs and Nerfs, uh, we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Now, this is a video game podcast, so you might be like, why are we talking about tabletop role-playing games? Because we're going to talk about D&D first, and then we're going to see the impact it has had on video games and how D&D and video games have kind of affected each other sort of thing. So... I thought it would be sort of interesting to just start with a little bit of a brief history of it. Uh, first of all, I guess even better than the history is the setup. Why are we talking about D&D? Well, friend of the, first of all, welcome to the show in case you haven't realized who I'm with. It's Andrew Lanza. Andrew Lanza, how are you today? Hey, hey. What's up? Thanks for having me on the podcast that is also co-hosted by me. And thank you for not answering my question about how you're doing today. Boyan Nedich, how are you today? Uh, I'm excellent. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be hosting uh, this podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Know, That's fair. I feel like uh, this is a step up for me. I'm just so. like a proxy. I'm just basically you're 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 rapidly typing to me on ICQ, giving me uh, what I should be saying. So. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's this, and then I become one of those annoying YouTubers. You know, um, so that's, should I that's click it. like and subscribe? I feel like that's something I should do. No, you smash that like <laughs> like and subscribe. Oh, I button. smash oh, yeah. that smash, like. Smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta smash it. I mean. Yeah, but every time I do that, I have to buy a new keyboard. You have a dedicated smash subscribe button on your keyboard? No, I just That's... smash my keyboard. I just I have a dedicated hard. smash button. It's just like it's like a USB button that just like it's just a big square red button that I just smash for liking. And oh, you know what you could do? A life hack would be to I'm sure there's some way you could wire up one of those. Like, you know how Staples has that really terrible easy button that it sells as a, like a fucking promotion thing for itself yeah, yeah. you can do that easy that should be your fucking like and subscribe buddy do i like this show easy i love this show this fucking what are we talking about today uh dungeons and dragons anyways so the reason we're talking about it is because two weekends ago the weekend that just passed wait one weekend ago Am I doing that right? Andrew Lanza, myself, and Boyan played Dungeons and Dragons with uh, the DM being friend of the show, Mr. P. Shout out to Mr. P. Mr. P. Mr. P. And it was a good time, and it was a great time. And when we were coming up for a topic to for this week's episode, I thought, you know what? D&D is this very storied, like, grandfather of modern gaming in its own way. And I thought it would be interesting to have an episode where we talk about, first of all, experiences with D&D. So the first little chunk of this episode will be just... 
talking about the uh, tabletop role-playing game experience itself, and then we'll move into video games and how D&D has affected video games over the years. So I think before we start even there, do you notice I've said like before we start like six times now? Mm-hmm. I just like to get uh, the impressions of three different people. So the first impression I'm going to go for is Andrew. Andrew is new to D&D. This was his first time playing it in person. We played a little bit on uh, Zoom and Roll20 and whatnot. Uh, Andrew, what did you think? Yeah, like as you said, like I'm I'm brand new to the game. Over last winter, there wasn't uh, a hell of a lot going on in Canada. Um, everything was shut down. It was cold. You were pretty much relegated to like hanging at a park or like just being at home. So we got a little uh, D&D game happening, as you said, with Mr. P as the DM, as the dungeon master, kind of heading things. And two of our other buddies that, uh, yeah, we got together and we just, you know, played online with, as you said, Roll20 and what's the other one? D&D Beyond for the yeah, actual D&D, characters. Yeah, yeah, D&D Beyond. Yeah, and like playing from home was a hell of a lot of fun. It was, you know, something new for me, but also familiar because, you know, I've grown up playing like, you know, role-playing games. So that kind of, you know, character sheet and like leveling up and like hit points and, you know, whatever, all that stuff, you know, kind of made sense to me to kind of, you know, really translated well for me. And I just had like right from the beginning like you know there's obviously like a learning curve and i'm still a noob for sure but like it's it's a hell of a lot of fun and then just translating it to the real world um you know a couple weekends ago for the first time where we actually got to you know be in person and play some uh D for the first time ever for me uh was you know an incredible experience because i already enjoyed playing it you know at home by myself on a computer screen but playing it in person was just a whole nother level like it just added so much to it and plus like like we'll get into do it later but like patrick like fucking came out like he's got 3d printed fucking like layouts i don't know maps and stuff like modular maps and characters and it, it, it was insane and plus we had a whole bunch of snacks the snacks were out of control i believe there were crisps. there were a lot of snacks yes it was it was good it was good it was it was a lot of fun but anyway yeah so just just like as a noob and just you know kind of just being thrown headfirst into the world of DD um it's been a hell of a lot of fun i think and i think like as you guys will probably mention too it's like this campaign we're playing is i'm pretty sure it's like a pretty basic like introductory campaign that's to, like, exactly what it is yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah it was designed to the be minds of van delver which is yeah what, it was designed by know, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like the yeah. ultimate intro intro uh, uh campaign basically exactly not exactly. even campaign it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like four sessions worth of it, but we've nah, <laughs> we stretched know, we, it out well we, so we, we, we start we started a bar and we, we we've done all sorts of nuttiness yeah. Yeah. Um, can I actually ask for one quick clarification on something you said mm-hmm. earlier, Andrew? You said since you had done role playing games, you you're taught when you said that you meant like video game role. Yeah, games, RPG. Right? Like like, you, this like, is yeah. your first experience with a tabletop role playing. Correct. Game. Yes. Yeah. This was my first. Okay. Like I've played other games that were like single session games that had like kind of like role playing elements to them, but nothing to the scale of like a D and D where it's like a multi-session thing mm-hmm. but like yeah as i said like i i play i grew up playing like rpgs like role-playing games like you know japanese are like like jrpgs Again, and video game role-playing games yeah yeah, yeah. jrpgs and, and stuff like that on you know super nintendo whatever and like turn-based rpgs whatever so like yeah it just like that knowledge definitely just like translated very very easily to dungeons and dragons and i definitely like i like i'm again i'm no, I'm no expert i'm not like oh i know all the things but it's like it, it, we were we're kind of speaking the same language a little bit you know what i mean so it was easy mm-hmm. to easy to, to go there but yeah i'll well, guess I'll, I'll i guess i'll throw it to boy on then and he wants he, if he wants to give his kind of 
impressions, I guess. Is this overall impressions of the game? Yeah, just kind of like, you know, what's your experience level with the game prior to this? So how'd you find yeah. the game when we played ourselves? You know, Boyan, you, you, you definitely know more than Andrew about D&D and such. So, and, and um, more than me about the current thing. So what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, my my experience with D&D kind of... I wish I'd started playing it like in high school. I just couldn't. I could never find people. I did. Mm -hmm. I did play uh, at conventions. Another tabletop role playing game called uh, uh, Cyber Generations RPG. So it's like the cyberpunk uh, RPG ripoff. Oh, not ripoff, but like. But it uh, wasn't the actual cyberpunk role playing. It 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 was the it was a sequel to the cyberpunk role playing. Okay. So it's it's it's. I guess unofficial sequel because it wasn't done by the same guy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My my first my actual first experience with D and D was playing at a table at a convention, playing that cyber uh, cyber generations game, and which was basically like very very little die rolling, mostly by the DM, and just a lot of like just pure like freestyle role play and we were like laughing and losing it like i climbed on a table at one point it was hilarity and chaos were you and drinking? then no no i was i was oh, like wow. 50, Is that a fan 50, I, I was like 15 or something I don't, I don't remember but then like next to us there's like 18 old nerds sitting at a table around gary gygax himself the inventor of dnd and they're just so pissed that they're just giving us the dirtiest looks because they're just like rolling dice and doing math so for the longest time my impression of dnd was like it is uh, a like an old obsolete like boring uh role-playing game compared to like the, the system that i was playing a little mm -hmm. bit on at that convention which was seemed like very fun and exciting because you kind of kind of could do anything and really the dm was the only thing that kept anything on track and it took a lot of years like i basically the how i'm into it now and i'm a huge fan now is uh i've seen maybe a thousand hours worth of uh critical role and other um D, &D live streaming uh, mm -hmm. uh stuff so. do you want to for maybe people that aren't familiar with critical role do you want to maybe uh go into a little uh, bit of that yeah yeah, so uh, Critical Role is basically uh, a group of, as they describe themselves, nerdy-ass voice actors. So they're voice actors that pretty much uh, everybody has heard their voices in their, you know, from The Last of Us to to like various Marvel characters and whatnot. They've been in everything and many animes and stuff like that. So they're very talented voice actors who are were a group of friends who started uh on geek and sundry started uh, uh critical role and they thought it was just gonna be like crazy like a you know nothing and then it became massively popular and it was kind of part of the part of the reason why uh fifth and fifth edition D D had a resurgence in popularity because it's the first time we could like watch other people play and 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 get an experience of the game without actually having to play yourself because as anybody who has tried knows that uh finding a dm finding a group scheduling things like mm. all of that stuff is extremely like it's hard there's all sorts of websites and stuff that can help you out, but it's really difficult and uh but yeah that show kind of like launched a lot of people's interest into dungeons and dragons and there's a lot of other shows that came after it like dimension 20 or, or whatnot so yeah no Huge well way. Uh, it sounds like you're a not a newcomer to the game. You've been into role playing games for a bit and stuff like that. Um, I guess well, I should give. You, oh, sorry, yeah, go sorry. Ahead. I, 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 it's it's a weird like 
half a newcomer, half not, because yeah. before we started playing, I maybe had like four four sessions yeah. of of D and D Curse of Strahd like under my belt, and but be and that's my experience comes mostly from watching other people play it which is has its like bonuses in terms of like i know how the game plays and i have a lot of knowledge about it but also you know you watch professional voice actors and improv comedians play these games and it's you have to like you have to anybody that goes into it watching it and then starts playing it has to like learn to uh uh separate what they're seeing and what the mm. game actually plays like because none of your group of players or your dm are professional voice actors or actors or you know what i mean or professional dms so uh yeah so i'm kind of new and kind of experienced it's a weird thing i'd like to point out actually that my barber said that i should do voiceover work because of this voice so and i also my friend's girlfriend said the same thing at a party two or three weeks ago so i'm kind of like a professional voice actor for me DD actually started many many years ago i played a little bit when i was younger of the original advanced dungeons and dragons and then i bought the second edition books but didn't play them uh, and I, I sort of played very loosely with a, just a handful of friends like just a couple of times so i wouldn't say it was like a full-on playing uh then about this would have been the late 90s uh, group of friends that I hooked up with um, were playing Harnmaster for a while, which we won't even talk about. That's just like, imagine D&D, but set up as like 17 Excel spreadsheets and super realistic. Like there's there's a very long discussion about how you should wear quilt over under leather, under metal, but then that's going to bang you. Oh no, you just got hit in the elbow. Was it a critical success or a critical failure? Anyways. I'm Wait, just... is, it, is it, did it also have magic or was it like a, like a historic? Oh yeah, it, it, well, I mean, Harn was more, um, Harn Master, I, I think it's got a different name now. It might still be published, I'm not sure, but um, it was more semi-realistic. It wasn't trying to, like, put you in the life of a medieval person in the, like, 1300s of England. It still had, like, a fantasy setting that wasn't based on Earth. But it did have, like, it did have magic, but magic in that game, or at least the way it was played in the campaign I was playing with at the time, was more esoteric it wasn't quite like DD where you're just like bam i am a magic user i'm throwing off spells left and right yeah woo, heal heal magic missile it yeah. was more you kind of had to like use resources for and you had to prep stuff and a lot of the a magic bit more was, in depth basically yeah and like, it, like, it wasn't yeah. quite as there were immediate magic spells most of the magic was actually stuff like enchanting items was a big thing and anyway so we'd played that for a while for several what, years what was that, that called what was that called again harn master harn oh i uh, i think there's one of those like hats over the a's like kind of in the way that like um sounds my macaroon. like yeah I, sounds like some germans like a circumflex you know what saw, do, saw dungeons I, and dragons and, so, and then made a way more and so this isn't realistic enough let's make it re like there's <laughs> it literally sounds like, like yeah it's you get hit in the very, neck you get yeah, hit in the face and then when you get hit in the face if it's a bad thing you got to turn whether it was one of the eyes the nose the ear left ear right like it's it's a very detailed but then oh, what happened was that so that campaign went on for you know what though with the uh, i was fortunate that i had this dm at the time i don't think he listens to the show so i'm not going to say friend of the show but this dude and again i don't want to dox him like you doxed mr p by revealing his real first name who i'm gonna call this guy mr c so mr c friend of the show uh was the gm of harn master and he was really good like and he sort of kept it moving and stuff like that and then later we started doing one-off ad and first edition adventures and we've actually had a campaign that's been going for a while though with covid since we weren't meeting in person it definitely died out. Like, I think we've done 
maybe one thing in the last two years. So for me going into the fifth edition, it was definitely like it, it had the DNA of what I was expecting a Dungeons and Dragons game to be, you know, classes, magic, swords, spells, uh, races, that kind of the attributes. Mm. But it's, it's a very different beast right now. And yeah. uh, I think... You know, I would get more into that now, except for the fact that that's actually going to be one of the closing thoughts is going to have. I'm going to have a little bit more to say about it right then. So we'll just kind of we'll, we'll put a pin in that or like a I don't know, like a a dagger in that as we pin it to the wall. And uh, we're going to now move on to actually D&D video game history. So long story short, by the way, just to wrap my thing, I've played A&D a fair amount, but I haven't played... This was my first time actually sitting down and playing 5th edition. I bought the books, like, when I was drunk once during the uh, pandemic just to kind of see what they were like. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. I think I think the 5th edition is good. It's very... It moves at a good pace. It streamlined a lot of the things that the original AD&D had issues with. Uh, there are some things... Like, I find it's a little bit more numbers and mechanics focus like you can you're you're supposed to sit there and go like okay my character is this i know in two levels he'll be that and he'll get this skill so i need to lean into this like there's a little bit more of that where the original dnd was like i'm a thief am i six level now great this is like there wasn't the like it there was numbers behind the game but not quite to the extent there is with the original with with the uh, fifth edition anyways so that's our little it's we're now 20 minutes into the podcast and we've basically done the talk about the original dungeons and dragons now dungeons and dragons just for those who don't know the history of it was created in the early 70s by the aforementioned gary gygax that uh boyan was stunting on and what happened was is they he and his friends were big war gamers like you know the ones who use like little miniatures to do the battle of waterloo or and also i think things like where it's like you have a hex map of like eastern Germany or something like this this little chit here with the envelope looking icon that's the fifth battalion but the one with the envelope icon with the dot above it that's the eighth tank battalion god can't you keep that straight by the way war gamers still exist but they're all exclusively ancient uh, they're yes. all like 50 to to 80 years old yeah, I, you, I don't think you, I've you, ever mm. heard of or seen a young war game <laughs> well the truth is like I mean Okay, it's this is one of those things. What, where what it's about like, Warhammer though? Is that part of it? Uh, no, no, no. This is like this is like this is like real like reenactions of of, oh, of historic okay, battles okay. or like settings like realistic settings. Uh, uh, it, yeah. I mean, Warhammer is in like Warhammer is very much in the style of wargaming. Like it's even more so than D and D because you have a, a map that you make and and then you move pieces yeah. on it. I, w I would say games like Warhammer and Battletech are more like if you have war games, hardcore war games, where you're like, I'm going to spend the afternoon simulating the Battle of the Bulge at the end of World War II versus Dungeons and Dragons, where you're, you're just like characters doing a thing. It's sort of midway. It kind of takes elements mm -hmm. from both and yeah. combines them sort of thing. So where D&D came from was these guys did war gaming. So what they did, Gary Gaggis and his friends were like, well, you know, we like this, but let's let's add a... I think as the story legend goes, and I might be just making this up and out of the fog from my brain, is they one day he's like, okay, we've got this battle, but guess what? Boom, he puts down like a plastic dinosaur. There's a there's a dinosaur on the field. And they started leaning into that and they started wanting to add more fantasy elements essentially because they were big Tolkien fans. And if you've, I mean, if you play D&D &D, you know, and you know Tolkien, you see the DNA, but if you've looked at the original like Dungeons and Dragons, like basic D&D, &D, Oh man, it's basically Lord of the Rings the role playing. Yeah, game. I mean, uh, halflings were straight up called hobbits, and yeah. then when, when it became like a a thing that he was gonna make, like he had to take that out and call them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's there's times where I'm like, wow, when you look at the original D and D, you're like, ah, I guess copyright laws in the '70s weren't so strong as they are today. 
so they did that in the 70s and what and they started coming up with the system gradually over the time and they eventually uh gary gygax with his friend oh i i keep wanting to say fred armison but it's not fred armison it's a name <laughs> like that it wasn't fred armison i don't even yeah, think he was yeah. old enough to like play D back then or maybe he was i don't know he's pretty old friend of the show or enemy of the show now fred with that slang slide on him uh so long story short they basically created these rules and over time it evolved into what we know as dungeons and dragons they formed a company called the tactical studies rules or something like tsr and so what happened was you know here's the interesting thing about tsr D&D was real popular in the late 70s and early 80s. It was making a shit ton of cash, a ton of money, and it was, like, big. Like, yes, you had the stereotypical parents like, oh, it's leading to Satan worship. and But beyond that, like, the kids were actually enjoying it. It was, sell it was selling, like, hotcakes. But then it really died out, kind of almost around the time the video games started becoming popular. I wonder what that's all about. And what happened was, is TSR suddenly became financially not insolvent, but they were in dire straits. And so what they needed to do, not the band, the, like, the concept not not like they weren't money for nothing and chicks for free um and so what happened was is that in the mid 80s they had to they realized oh shit we got to make some money off this how are we gonna do this and they approached a company called ssi strategic stimulations incorporated a video game company and they started making they gave the license to ssi to create video games based on the DD license and this uh, initially created the gold box ver uh games which were sort of popular from the I'd say about 80s, I think like the mid 80s till the early 90s, like 92, 93. And they were very hardcore, like interpretations of rules. There was like, they weren't exactly like the game, but they were definitely like, you know, they weren't straying far from the map. And then what happened was, is in the later 90s, there, there's a whole bunch of corporate stuff. Like, TSR no longer exists. D&D gets sold off to Wizards of the Coast. And then what happened was, is they started uh, licensing games again. And this time it was Bioware, the very company we've mentioned many a time on here actually got its start with a licensed Dungeons and Dragons game called Baldur's Gate and then Baldur's Gate 2 and the Nice Dale and all these other games mm -hmm. and it became popular and eventually all these games in the 90s a lot of these role-playing game computer games led to what we understand today in many different video games like many different things so basically long story short D&D has the DNA that's inside all of the uh, games we play today okay sorry oh, that was yeah. a very I mean rushed, even yeah even games history. oh no no it's I mean there's there's a lot of history yeah, there, and yeah. I think and the, the the thing is like when you break it down into its systems, even games that are not RPGs that have some of these systems and elements owe that to owe, owe, owe those genes to to D and D. So yeah. like even even you can find elements of it in like Call of Duty, like you know what I mean with the oh, inventory 100%. and all that. You stuff. level up and, in Call of Duty, yeah, and even the even the concept of like epic and legendary uh, uh items and and whatnot in that scale of items that's that is that is out of D D amongst mm -hmm. other things so yeah yeah i just want i just want to add it add one uh thing to the uh to the initial creation of D. &D. there is an urban legend i don't know how true this is but <laughs> i think i know what you're gonna say but go <laughs> what? Is it polybius? what is it polybius nope. no 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 keep, keep okay going. go on go on no, the uh, dur during the creation. What's 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 the creator's name? What, what was the dude's name? Gary, Gary Gygax. Gygax, yeah. yeah, he would he would be like leaving his house and like like staying out late at night for like so long. So his wife became suspicious and thought he was having an affair. So like one night, like he like left and then she tailed him to like where he was going and then fucking uh, tailed him to like this random house and then like went inside and like discovered instead of her husband having an affair discovered like these like six dudes like huddled around like a card table like like chain smoking and like 
playing this game, like that creating about right. this game. And uh, then apparently, yeah, yeah. apparently, his wife divorced him later on because once he got successful, he cheated on her. Yeah, Gary Gygax <laughs> has a bit of a like. I'm gonna say a, a colorful history. Like he's not he's not a monster. Don't worry, he didn't like kill people. And he's not like a serial womanizer, but he's definitely not like some paragon of moral standards. Even though weirdly, this happens all takes place in Wisconsin, like the most boring of states. Yeah, I said it, Wisconsin. We don't need your listens. Just, just we love your cheese, though. Keep keep making nah, that cheese. You know what? European cheese is better. Nah. Um, nah. Oh, is that an M? Really? Really? European I mean, it's good. I'm just meant like there's still good cheese in Wisconsin. That's all. Nah, yeah. I mean, if you like cheddar or they're really exotic old fort cheddar or marble cheddar, if you're like feeling fancy, because I mean, it's old, for, old fort old cheddar? cheddar. That's old. For, old is isn't that's the that's the French for old. It's not old fort cheddar. It's just old cheddar. Fort is it's French. Yeah. Fort means strong. Yeah. No, I, I swear to God, I'm thinking. I, I, okay, you know what? I when I was growing up, barely who was ever making the packages. <laughs> We're so off topic. <laughs> didn't know, and I've I've literally I can picture in my head like the cheese that it has. It was like old fort, as in like structure for defending against an army. No, that's, a, that's Not, French. That's the that's the that's French. Yeah, old fort cheddar. What? Like, I mean, yes, I know it also means strong, but like old fort cheddar, like is like forte with an e at the end of it. Is no, but it's like, but like when you're pronouncing every, when, like when you're reading every. Oh, package. sorry, I should be saying "oh for cheddar." No, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Go on. You're hey guys, welcome, right, welcome to doesn't. the uh, Beamster and Gouda podcast. Okay, um, so now we're talking about this year's Vivardis. Now, I feel that there's been a, a, a side that Beamster quality. at the cottage boy on was out of control. <laughs> Oh, beef yeah. is delicious. Yeah, we you know what? This, we're we're going to take like a two minute sidebar here. There are some delicious ass cheeses out there. You know what? There's it so sucks that delicious. cheeses aren't healthy for you. Shout you out imagine? to oh, shout yeah. out to Cheese Boutique uh, of of our city here. Uh, it's probably one of the best cheese places mm. I've ever been to. So you know what? I'm just going to go broad in that. Shout out to dairy farmers, except for the dairy farmer who harassed my friend at a subway. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Anyways, last sidebar. You know, we'll top. talk about that some other time. Anyways, so getting back to Dungeons and Dragons and video games. So I figured we'd look at breaking down D&D's influence, now that we all have uh, various degrees of experience with the game, on uh, things within video games that are generally Western role-playing video games. But there are, like we said, there are mechanics that spread across almost every role-playing game. And even Japanese role-playing games are influenced by D&D and the Western role-playing games. So let's first of all talk about fantasy tropes. So one of the things I, I have always noticed, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, is like, why, why, why is it so hard for video games to create races that aren't hobbits, elves, orcs, humans, or dwarves? Like, you get kind of the occasional other thing, but like, every role-playing game, video game, just sticks to those things it feels. Like, did you, can you guys think of any uh, games off the top of your head? That... Familiarity, everybody, it just yeah. gives everybody kind of like a touchstone yeah. to the world. Um, yeah. Everybody's kind of like, you know, like I spoke earlier, it's like every, you're speaking the same language, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. can have some other elements that, you know, break the mold, but, I mean, it gives everybody that access point. Everybody's on kind of like a level playing field. Everybody knows, for the most part, what an ogre is. Everybody knows what a hobbit or halfling is. Yeah. Everybody knows what, you know, a, a troll is. A, a dungeon even a wizard like it's just kind of like everybody's on the same footing i guess so it's like a shorthand for everybody to understand the basics of the world i think that's part of it but i think it goes way deeper than that i think it's uh you know when we when when humans and when we like in sci-fi or fantasy when we create uh some races are created as a 
here's an aspect of humans narrowed down so it's not a very like they they have this quality or this quality like elves mm-hmm. are snobby or whatever and dwarves are you know good with their drunken hands. and whatnot yeah uh so like you, you th- those those races are basically you take an element of humanity and you make you make a whole like race out of this element basically so you're saying they oh sorry go ahead well there's that and then it's also but then also as a as a player or if you're watching something as a viewer you still have an easier time uh for like having a connection and 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 empathizing with those as if they're basically humans and then there's the you know if you look at for example sci-fi especially but both and there's other races that there's still elements of that where you take like a human aspect of it but you you purposely are creating an otherness to them where the, where uh you know you make it safe to to be like uh uh to 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 safe to feel morally okay attacking this other race because they're monstrous for example mm-hmm. right so like orcs or orcs or um i mean i guess the, like trolls yeah like any of these monster races yeah like you can you can if you go you can go out of your way to humanize them but part of the reason why why they're in D and part of the reason why we create these races is so it feels like n- not morally ambiguous or wrong to to kill them and attack them and be violent and whatnot so i mean it it's you can see that in like star trek you know a lot of the races that are meant to be you know, uh, aggressive or violent or something that's that's a that's a problem or an issue. They're just straight up monsters, uh, mm-hmm. or monstrous like and very inhuman. So I think I think that's part of. I mean, and if you look at, I think it it's also reflected in. I've seen surveys of like who plays what class and and and, and what race in D anD D, and most of the numbers of the highest in terms of what people play is elves dwarves and humans uh just because they can they can have that they're closer to humans and it's closer to imagine yourself as that and play as that than than uh, some other other uh races so that's, you're saying, uh, that's a really great point Brian. yeah i think it's a good point like, so what you're saying is like these races and tropes of like well races and to a lesser extent classes are just easy ways for like people to sort of grasp to get to buy into the world to enter the world it's like oh i know what an elf is like i because they're kind of like this basic human yeah you can see more aspect. of yourself of yourself in them yeah. so it's easier to grasp like how does this thing how do they, how do they think how do they act how do they yeah. you know what i mean whereas something that is so other it takes a lot of effort to like you'd, you'd have to be basically a professional actor to like to really try and think on uh, as something that is completely alien to us. Yeah, so it's like easier to role play as a dwarf or an elf than as like an intelligent cloud or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's um, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So we've touched on the races. Now we're going to go to the other thing that uh, again, even games like Call of Duty have, and that's classes, the jobs, what you do for a living in these game systems. Now. One of the big things I've noticed that sort of really keeps up to today, even in a weird way, is the whole you can be this, but you can't also but you can't do that. And what I'm talking about is things like you can be a wizard, but you're not gonna be good with a sword. You can be a fighter, but you're probably not gonna be good with spells. Now there are hybrid classes like paladins, rangers, and stuff like that in video games. But generally speaking, like it seems people are funneled into one of three or four class over class over types archetypes i'm not sure what the proper term archetypes yeah where you're either a fighter type a magic using type wizard type 
a thief type or a priest type like so it's you're basically either like straight fighting casting spells stealing and doing sneaky stuff or healing right so now these were in DD was the original DD. if you haven't played it was very restrictive it was very like if you're one of those four or five classes you have so many things you can't do like a wizard could not pick up a sword uh, a priest couldn't use any weapon that had a blade to it uh thieves couldn't use shields uh, fighters couldn't read spells, you know, like things like that. And I think t even in today's video games, you still find that there is uh, a, a lot of role-playing games still have that like, okay, if you're going to, your character or characters, if you're running a party, you have to kind of decide what the role you're going for is. You can't be a jack of all trades. You have things like Skyrim, but even then still, you'll find yourself eventually the game subtly shoving you saying like, okay, you know what? You've been spending a lot of time with sword work and now you're about halfway through the game. And sure, you could start casting spells, but this is the way you're going to be able to take care of the threats that are actually going to start hurting you severely. So what do you guys think? Like, is that good or bad that they've stuck to a kind of like, um, uh, God, I don't want to say classes because that's more like social strata, but like, you know, like an occupational archetypes I mean, you, have changed. You can use but... classes. That's the language. Of yeah. Okay. So like D &D, classes, like, that's... do you think it's, is that something that was worth sticking around? Because that was actually one of the things where I was there. I'm like, I don't know if this is a good thing. I think there should be more skyrim-esque broad choice of just like hey man you can do whatever you want you know make it make whatever build you're looking for work but still most games do devolve into a if you're going to be this it means you're you're locked out of this type of skill or activity or weaponry and other things like that so what do you think of that like uh, I'll, I'll throw the floor open to anybody on this or uh, nobody i mean i've got i've got I, yeah i was just, just hoping last had some i mean are you talking about in D D or are you talking about video games or and video games or? in general like how video games became uh, still seem to hold on to the D D idea that if you're going to be y y your character or characters have to kind of fit within very specific molds like there is some branching yeah. out but still like what i what mean do you think it about really that? depends on i believe it really depends on what kind of game like there's a game that there's a type of game that basically wants to give you that power of fantasy and a lot of those games you can pretty much if if you if you do everything you can get enough points to unlock everything and it's not going to force you to stay it's not going to lock out other options mm -hmm. it's just going to give you and then at the end you're just like you can backstab like a rogue and you'll hit one hit KO things and then you can f fire fireball like it, it doesn't yeah there's no limits and some as for the games that have limits, I feel like it's they they have more of a theme of like they want you to like there's only a certain amount of uh, specialty you can have in a thing, and if you you have to decide what you want to invest in, and they give you and you have those options because that that basically like here's here's the play style that you that like what play style do you enjoy mm -hmm. go for this and specialize in that and maybe next time if you replay the game you can you can try another place and i i think i mean i think there's place there, there's room for both you know i mean i think it, as long as it's purposely done in a way that makes sense to the story of the game and the themes of the game uh i think there's room for both just having being like locked into having to decide and being locked into a skill set and then or have or being able to like get everything or or spread or spread your points around in, in, in different skills. And I mean, D&D, &D, I don't know. I don't you you, you kind of pointed out some of the things from AD&D, &D, mm -hmm. but like D&D &D fifth edition 
if you really look into it, you could pretty much do anything. Like you just have to, you just have to do, think a bit ahead of time. Uh, you know, from between between doing uh, hybrid classes to like some of the uh, uh, non um, some of the stuff that, that came after the player's handbook. Like, there's wizards that are sword singers, so they can you know they they have magical swords and they can you know their skill set is more on. Uh, you know, coming in and out of battle really quickly, doing some melee damage, and then coming back and like just getting the hell out of there via teleport, and then just, and throwing some magic spells. So like, if you want to be a, you know a, a, a spell slinging swordmaster, like you can do that in D and D. And I think kind of that's in in a way it kind of sets it sets it apart from video games because it's a lot. Yeah, you can you can you can do you can do anything basically well, and i don't think the class divide is as big as or, or the class classification system is a big of a thing as 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 it is as you you make it out to be basically. it's funny i kind of agree with you except in one thing where i strongly don't agree with you and that's magic one of the things i found in fifth edition that was weird compared to the original edition was like so basically there was a list of spells like like a third level magic spell so you get to fifth level and you can start casting third level magic user spells and you would just go like oh which ones do i want to use from this but i find in this game you're some you're weirdly whatever type of magic user or especially cleric it seems to be way more of a cleric thing but it's definitely also a magic thing like you're kind of forced to focus like oh i'm going to be a destruction i'm going to be like casting spells and fireballs mm -hmm. or oh i'm going to be a healing class or oh i'm going to be a light magic or like it's sort of it's odd to me how when you have a lot of options for what kind of magic you want to use but once you've decided what kind of magic you want to use you get limited like you you a lot that's, of spells disappear for you but that's just that's part of the yeah it's part of the balancing because if you're a wizard you can learn anything and any mm -hmm. you can put any scroll that you pick up you can learn that spell mm -hmm. and you have no limits on how many spells you can learn uh just how many you can use in a day but if you're uh a cleric or a druid you don't have to learn anything new and you don't have to look for spells to learn. Mm -hmm. You just get all your spells that are that are within the limits of your class and your like particular path. Well, I don't which is the, oh, sorry. Which is the great trade-off because like right away you pretty much get all your spells. Mm -hmm. Can I can I can I hop in here quick? Oh, please absolutely. Please do. <laughs> um yeah, so I I I think uh you nailed it when when, when you said balance. I, I I'm surprised it took that long to, for it to be mentioned. Is I really think it's like a whole. It's like a really. Well, big I apologize balance. to you for taking so long. No, what? <laughs> no, there's no apology necessary. Um, I think I think like you like if you play a, like a single player game, be it a video game or whatever. It's like yeah, sure, you can be a jack of all trades. You could be super OP and you can just fucking you know do whatever you want. You but if you're playing um. A multiplayer game it really leads to um balance issues where if it's like if everybody can do everything then like what's the point so you really have um like you said you have these like almost like these roles to fill where it's like okay you need somebody that's like a dedicated healer you need somebody that's like a tank you need somebody that's you know your spell caster you need somebody that's your dps and like whatever so it's like it really kind of like pigeons hold, holds you a little bit i mean you can obviously like put skill points into like other things and kind of like become a little bit more you know balanced and not just like specialize in one thing but i think if you allow people to just you know spec out however they want to spec out no matter what class they are you're going to run into issues where just like everybody's op yeah yeah and and then and you also like don't have a shorthand for like what is it that you do 
right? Like mm -hmm. it's one a classes encourage like, okay, I can't do everything by myself. I'm really good at this. So I need to, I need to find a party to, to, you know, to fill out the stuff that I'm not good at and I'll fill out the stuff they're not good at. And that way we work together. And that obviously that's, you know, if that's part of the game, having a party is, is more fun. Uh, and, and, and you need, you need that kind of specialization to, in order to make that a, a part of the system. So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think, I mean, obviously it reflects a little bit of life. I mean, in a bigger scale, we don't have four or five classes, but like what we specialize in and decide to specialize in our lives is kind of a, a, a class, if you will. I so. disagree. I'm actually like a fifth level video game player, an eighth level <laughs> napper, and I'm also like a 13th level uh, bullshit artist. And, and, well, and your job yeah, but is the thing down is, in like 15th place. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is you're not 13th level in all those things. Or am I? Yeah. Remember? 13th level yeah. bullshit oh, artist. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I, th I think I agree with what you're saying. So I, now in video games, when it comes to video games, I just want, we're going to make this part quick. What do you prefer in a video game? Like, let's say you're, we're going to ignore D&D, the actual uh, tabletop role-playing game for a second. In a, in a video game role-playing game, what do you prefer? Do you prefer a game like Skyrim where it's like, do whatever you like? Or do you prefer a game like, uh, I'm going to say like the Dragon Age series where it's like, you, your own individual character is going to be a specific type of class and you're probably going to meet other people who complement it. What, what do you feel is more engaging to you? We'll start with Boyan. Sorry, uh, I think I just, I just cut off Andrew. No, we'll start with Andrew. Sound like he was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I touched on that before. Is that uh, I don't think I have a preference. I think it's just okay. like I, I think it's just like whatever. If a game is going for a certain kind of theme, like Skyrim, to me is like you you feel like a fucking badass. You got shouts. You're you're fucking you're dragonborn or whatever. Uh, what's it called? The dragon. Is it dragonborn. dragonborn? Dragonborn, yeah, it's Dragonborn, yeah. Not like the, the yeah. I got confused because of the race. You're Dragonborn, like you know, what I mean, you're you're crazy powerful. Like, and you you go to all, mm -hmm. you you'll go to all the classes. You'll be you'll be in all the guilds. You you can specialize in everything. I think that's amazing. That's part of the mm -hmm. thing. But like you know, a, a game like Dragon is, is 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 part of it is is gathering that party, and part of it is 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 the, you know the story uh, between the characters and the relationships between the characters. So yeah. Uh, it works with that system and honestly i as long as it's done well and 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 um with intention in terms of what they're trying to mm -hmm. do in terms of the theme i don't i don't i'm not i don't care which one it is i basically agree with everything you just said andrew what are your thoughts on this do you have a preference or are you also yeah 100 percent. for for me i need a game to give me like a very clear through line um i need right. a very clear objective now i don't mind a game that has a whole bunch of like branching paths and like you know side quests and whatever but i don't know i like like if i'm just like a skyrim like if i'm just like thrown into a game and it's just like yep go i'm just like ah i don't know it's just i i don't know if i like that freedom in a game i i, don't know. I just personally just really like that kind of uh focused focused narrative that kind of is more tailored to like um kind of like more like i guess like big set piece moments and stuff mm -hmm. like that as opposed to like more like user generated kind of like moments i don't know it's it, it's it's like the like in red dead right it's like you have red dead where you have like the main storyline but then you also have those like you know, like you know you can go check out little campfires and their side quests and whatever and it's like i i need a game to have that really strong driving force of a main narrative like and then like behind you saying 
you're headed in this direction. Don't like you I can mean, look at stuff on the side, but you're that's you always see on the horizon what you're headed towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I don't know about uh, like a heavy-handed kind of approach. Like, it's like I, 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 I wanna I wanna be able to like you know take my time in the main storyline and whatever. But it's like I I mean you know me, Sam. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of like sandbox I games. Um, I like I like games that have more of like kind of like a you know. A strong narrative narrative as opposed to me kind of like making my own narrative but you know that that's just me i appreciate both sides of the both sides of the coin and i know a lot of people love like just sandbox games like a minecraft or whatever that is like 100 uh sandbox but yeah just for me personally i just need that and that kind of like th- that strong through line yeah uh actually by the way sorry you, you mm-hmm. made me realize um Oh my god! Uh, sorry, the one, one pet peeve though that I have with like class systems or or even systems that are like Skyrim or it's more open ended, is I need to know before I go into this, is it possible to unlock everything, or is there like some kind of like limit on points, and then I'm just gonna be like, end game, I'm just gonna like, oh, I've spent all i've gotten all the points i'm I can a jack get, of all I, trades master and, uh, yeah exactly and then you're just like well i mean i understand that's why they ha- they usually have like an option to reset all your things but i hate the reset because now i've mm. i've grown into this character into playing it a certain way based on the skills i've been picking every time i level up and then the reset just feels dirty it just feels cheap like like you're cheating and and and, and you're just changing everything around and, and it feels strange because you're not and used even if to, you like, do want to do it it is so oh it's always so expensive to respec and yeah. it's like always like exponentially more expensive mm, so I mean, it's like if if you want to respec a second time it's like exponentially more yeah the first time usually isn't that expensive the, depends on the game i, I think multiplayer like uh, of course more so of course. but single player gen- like usually in general yeah yeah, yeah. it's just yeah Can, so i, I want to know if it's possible and, and that way like that way even if it's if it is open-ended then i'll still know and be able to make the decision to be like i want to specialize in this and spend very few skill points on like on other stuff uh, I'm playing Valhalla, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now, and the skill tree is insanely huge. And I'm just mm. like, uh, I, I'm getting anxiety about like, oh my god, am uh, I? Uh, should I, I be give you a little specializing? Bit on that. Yeah, please. If you're if you're, if you're f- doing everything, like doing all the side stuff and like that, you get to a point about like halfway through the story, which is when I started peeing off. And again, this is the thing with me that I've mentioned on the show where once I hit that apex predator level, I'm like, I start losing interest. But Valhalla, you kind of get, if you've been doing all like the side, you like the drinking, the flighting, uh, mm. hunting, blah, 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 blah. You will reach, you don't really need to super focus. Like you, you get to that point where you look at a skill tree or skill web or whatever. And you're like, uh, yeah, I guess I could use the spear thing. I don't really use spears, but I there's nothing else to spend So you're it saying on. I can technically like basically buy it. It's definitely like, I mean, you might want to sort of focus on what you think is going to be your priority first, mm-hmm. but don't feel like, oh shit, I've got to be laser focused on this. Cause you know how like branches off, you can go like, oh, you know what? I actually want this little skill over okay. here. Now okay. I can go in. So like, don't, don't, don't sweat too much. Thank you. Thank you for leaving my, uh, 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 was that even a word? Anxiety. Uh, I mean, I yeah, anxiety, my, my, I, I, it was like acute anxiety about like. Oh wow, acute anxiety! Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, isn't I'm here to a, help. Isn't acute small? Isn't that what I meant? Oh no, acute <laughs> is like very, very sharp, very like, sorry, specific. Sorry, so, I meant, I, mean, I meant a small amount of anxiety uh, anytime I go into a game, and I don't know if I'm gonna have enough skill points by the time I get in to unlock. You'll everything. be fine in Valhalla, so, and I would say, you. unless you're talking about a 
acute anxiety, which is like, oh, that anxiety is normal. It's just sitting there going like, ah, there's, no ah, such, there's no such thing. Did you know you could drown in a small bathtub of water? <laughs> um, I, talking about this is funny. You talked about it when Andrew was talking about it. I got to take a two-minute digression right here to talk about the one game that took the class system and did it completely, completely wrong. Okay. This game is not a fantasy game, but it is for all purposes a sci-fi fantasy game, and this is Mass Effect Andromeda. Up till then, you can, the first three original trilogy of Mass Effect, sorry, I know I talk about Mass Effect all the time, guys, just bear with me. For the first three games, you're kind of like focused like, oh, I'm going to be this kind of guy, so I can use these skills, but I can't use those skills, and I can use these weapons, so I can't use those weapons. Mass Effect Andromeda throws skills points at you like they're going out of fucking style. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have so many, and you just are constantly leveling up, and the thing is, you get a ton of points, but it takes very little points to max out a skill, so you're like, halfway through the game and you can respect any time it's like yeah i i, I guess i can do, like there's basically three kind of classes and you can yeah. do any of them and yeah it's, and it, well it, isn't it it's even the worst isn't it even like it's not like about respecting isn't like a, a mechanic that you can literally switch oh, uh yeah, skill the, the profiles mid-battle yeah uh, weirdly enough the ai shares the same name with me um it's basically it's kind of like you have your skill points but then you have this thing that activates almost like uh in division your super ability or in like destiny your uh like i guess your subclass super like you kind of it kind of says oh you know what since i'm you're gonna focus on these skills or whatever you've unlocked this so you can switch to that but then you can switch back to something else like it's basically it's a game where skill points you get a lot of them and you can spend them on skills and the skills kind of help but it doesn't have it's it's the complete antithesis of the yeah. game which is saying you should focus on one thing it's so broad that it just goes like over the cliff in that direction where it just kind of becomes like yeah I, I don't really care what i am oh you know what maybe i'll try being the 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 bionics or no, yeah. it's not bionics biotics user you know like it's like, like you could just go through classes and switch yeah. back and forth and there isn't really a penalty so see yeah it, it kind of i think it like tried to deconstruct the whole class thing yeah it, it, it might have sounded like a clever idea on paper but it kind of just made it feel like man like it you're, you don't, you don't if feel you didn't have the, so many points yeah if you didn't have think, so much options like if you yes. had to kind of go okay i need to yeah. focus sorry go on and I'm i think sorry. i think the switching of like having profiles for different skills and being able to switch on the mm -hmm. fly I think that works in a game like Destiny, where where you have the different like t trees and whatnot. Once you've unlocked them, you can kind of switch freely. Let it be mm. known that Boyan brought up Destiny. I just <gasps> yeah. want to point oh my that God, out. God, he did, <laughs> and, and I did it without insulting the, the game. I, tables I actually, have turned. I, I actually think that 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 All like right, that skill boy, system. Shut up! You know, Bungie's not listening. They're not going to give you free yeah. gear. Come on. I th actually think that skill system works really well in Destiny. I don't think that kind of system works well in single player for me it's just like I agree. It, it basically i want my character to feel a little bit even though it's like even if it's a, not one of those voiceless characters and like they have you know what i mean they have lines mm. and they have a name and all that stuff and they're not like it's not supposed to be just me you know what i mean but it, like even then i kind of want to feel it like it's something that i had a a, a part in crafting mm -hmm. my own unique character in by by what skills i chose to pursue uh, uh, and just, and it feels so impersonal and disconnected when you can just do, you can just like have everything yeah. uh, right away. So I do like some, a bit of direction. Yeah. I'll say to Skyrim's credit, which is a very open, like do what, use whatever skill you want right now. Once you pass about level 15 or so, you've probably started to specialize slightly in something. You might be an archer who's good with magic or a fighter who's good with magic or an archer who's good with sneaking, you know, that kind of thing. You might have a couple things you're focusing on. It's not necessarily a specific class, but 
the game's difficulty starts to come to a point where like, yeah, you could start using a bow right now, but you will get killed. You know, it's like, I, I think a game in order to use class effectively has to keep, even if it's open like sandbox style, it still needs to kind of focus you a little, like make you yeah. say, I need to make a decision right. Like every time you level up, the points are important. Unlike stupid yeah. fucking Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, there you so, go. So, so quick, quick question for for you guys then. Uh, mm -hmm. it, in in your entire history of gaming, both tabletop and video games, do you what is is there a pattern? Is there like a uh, do you commonly like go for a certain archetype? Like oh, of, yes. of the main archetypes, like. Do you do you tend to f uh, favor one, and which one is it? I feel like I've been talking too much, Andrew Lancef. Please respond. Yeah, I I definitely do. Um, are you now? Are you talking about more like perks or classes or no, like no, abilities? Like, like, so so like archetypes are like above. If you go above classes, like so, you have your healer slash support. You yeah. have your mage uh, like dam damage dealing mage, thief class. your rogue slash thief, and then you have your like fighter fighter type class or like fighter yeah. tank type classes i do like playing support but i also do like being like a spell caster but i also do like being dps hmm. <laughs> i don't know it's like it really depends on the game and i kind of like approach each game differently i guess so i'm gonna say probably actually no actually i was gonna oh, say okay. i was originally gonna say yes that i do gravitate to certain things but then i'm like no, I mean, I kind of just, like, I remember in Division 1, I loved playing healer. Like, I love playing support. Mm -hmm. Like, but then, yeah, I don't know, like, other games, like, I like I love being, like, like back in the day, I'd always, like, love, like, you know, being, like, the spellcaster and, like, you know, applying, like, fucking, you know, poison damage or, like, burn damage or whatever. Mm -hmm. Even in, like, you know, Pokemon, I love, like, setting up in Pokemon and, like, you know, like, like you know, really setting up and then sweeping teams with, um, you know, so, like, really set up Pokemon. I Anyways, don't know what that means. Uh, setting up is, like, just, you do it in any game. It's not just Pokemon, but, like, setting up is, like... Like okay, you you apply your damage buffs. Okay, you apply like your debuffs. Oh, okay. okay, you put it, you like yeah. I okay now I made like now I boosted my speed. Okay, I put now I put poison damage um on the field so that like any um enemy that enters the field will now get poison damage. Okay, yeah. that's all set up. Let's sweep. Now you bring right. out your yeah. fucking it's, heavy hitter yeah, and then yeah. you sweep. I mean, like, right. the party equivalent would be, like, having uh, casters that are buffing and debuffing. Now you're drinking yeah. a few prep and, 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 and potions. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah. And like, yeah. like yeah. Witcher had a lot of, like, prep, prep Oh, like, oils potions. on your swords yeah. and stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to be so fighting just, these things. I'm going to grab Yeah, yeah you're okay. crafting. You're, like, like this. You're crafting a perfect team of, like, they'll be able to face anything. Or maybe you're, like... I know this enemy, so I have to specifically like prepare in a specific mm -hmm. way. Yeah, but setting enemy. up setting up is more like in the battle. Like I'm kind of more yeah, like no, there's like yeah, there's yeah, like I mean, preparation that's, that's Pokemon system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah but there's like uh, no, but it, but I mean even in like old like turn based like even like Final Fantasy and shit, you still set up. Um, but anyway, yeah, right. like there's like pre there's like preparation. Where like preparation, I think is kind of what you guys are talking about. Where it's like crafting your armor with your no those perk no, synergy. No, 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 and no, no, no. More immediate. We we, we, that, we, were, we understood what you meant. We were going with what you were saying. Like okay, talking like battle, you know, mage saying like, oh, we're about to fight. You know what? Here, you guys get to have a shield spell on the rest of the party. Then the other guy's like, okay, now here's a buff to all your damage. Here's a buff to now you are doing fire damage. That'll help us against this ice enemy. That kind of thing. Like more yeah. immediate rather than like, oh, I'm planning it. No, at some point far in the future, I'll be fighting this. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so so yeah. So long story short, I think I kind of, mm -hmm. I think it's more the tone of the game, and I'm, I'm maybe even like what it comes down to, like when I'm starting the game, how I'm feeling that day. I'm kind of like, ooh, I'm gonna like 
play this as a fucking sneaky guy. Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna play this as like a brash fucking warlord who I'm just gonna like run in there and like just absolutely decimate everything. Or it's like, oh, I want to go in there and just like like rain fireballs down from the heaven. So yeah. I don't know. And then other times, it's like, yeah, I want to just play support and just you know just constantly be like buffing my allies healing up my allies staying in the back lines like you know maybe taking a quick pot shot with my bow when i can but yeah um how about you guys do you guys kind of gravitate towards uh an archetype we'll go ahead Sam. oh okay well it's funny thinking about this i'm glad andrew went first because he gave me time to sort of organize my thoughts and there's two situations for me there's essentially the single player game like now i might have be in a party of like fiction npcs but basically when i'm playing quote unquote by myself in those kinds of games i prefer the sneaky type i'm always playing the rogue i'm always playing the guy who can unlock chest backstab go invisible that kind of business uh, i do also play that in the DD campaign but that was more everybody else had played the priest type there were a few priests and stuff so it's like okay we don't need another priest now when it comes to a multiplayer game where i'm playing with other real people whether something like DD, like we're doing in fifth edition or uh if i'm playing like battlefield or um uh, i'm trying to think of other things like even destiny in a weird way i'm playing the medic class in destiny that doesn't really have a medic class i play medic i play support i'm always about like healing and keeping my teammates alive to me is more important than doing heavy damage off the bat kind of thing that's why in our uh, spoiler alert for anyone because i'm assuming at some point this group that we're playing and is going to start streaming and become super popular i'm playing a <laughs> cleric in the wow wow that's a lack of confidence you have in our voice talent <laughs> take that friends of the show rob and scott if you're listening boy that's right i'm doxing everybody today andrew's name is andrew Anyways, um, that's why I play a cleric in that class. Because I, I I like sort of being the person who's like, oh, you're injured? Here, keep fighting. I'm going to help you. Like, you know, th- th- that's why I always gravitate to medic class in Battlefield. I am dreading the release of that. And yeah, so I would say I, single I, player, I, sneaky, sneaky, unlocking shit and stealing business. Multiplayer, healy, healy, and healing business. Yeah. Another great thing about being like a healer or cleric or like support mm. is anytime you're like looking for a group, you're always going to be welcomed oh, yeah. with open arms <laughs> because nobody, not nobody, but it's like, it's definitely, if you look at like the player base, like healers and support are always a smaller percentage mm-hmm. so it's like you're yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah I'm like, value, like, yeah, I'm like I'm like, I'm fully kitted out, like like tank, like you know, tanks are a diamond dozen, DPS diamond dozen, whatever. But it's like if you're a healer, like yeah, you're being welcomed with open arms. Can I hijack this question for a second? So good, and I'm just gonna do it. Sorry, guys. So I like playing healing class now. Tanks and DPS, this very specific thing. So for example, okay, as a sidebar, I've been playing a lot of New World, the new Amazon game, because I love Jess Bezos. He's a great human being. Whoever lived and he needs more of my money. And I'm playing essentially. I'm using life stats. So I'm healing that, and it's like. In all these video games, like there's tons of DPS. Like, like you said, Andrew, it feels like 80% of the population is DPS, DPS, DPS. Because that's I the cool, fun boring. thing to play. That's the fun. That's what like people is it like. Fun? Like, I yeah, they want to kill. I want to. I want to like, uh, kill the bad guy. Like, that's the fun thing to do. That's. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm. I'm talking about like the average person. Like, that's the fun. The yeah. average person isn't like, ooh, I get. I have fun in you know healing up my enemies. They're like, no, I want combat. Well, I'm not healing my enemies. Let's oh, sorry, right healing now. my. Yeah, sorry, healing my. <laughs> I'm not trying he, to heal healing my comrades. Oh, oh, orcs, come here for okay, a second. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm I'll go back and fight my friends. I know. I think what it comes down to is that like. If you're doing, basically, it's the more active thing. Mm. You're you're in the battle. You're causing damage. It's not passive, you're, yeah. Yeah, and you're not 
most of the time you're not like maybe in some on some like high level play depending on the game you're you're thinking about how how what you're doing is affecting mm-hmm. your other your, the rest of your party and like how you could work with them it's just but a lot of the, and kill. but a lot of the time it's just you fighting shit take you know one-on-one battles and then you go and whatever if somebody calls you mm-hmm. help you go help but like and this is why also support players are like not super common or not as common as ever as as dps is because is is that you're you have to have you have to be the kind of person that finds it fun to not just be in a battle but like have eyes on the overall meta sort of battle like on, on a higher level and then and, and watch what's going on and watch for like and anticipate people, anticipate yeah. things happening uh watch for people's health bring people back really be back. cognizant like, of your cooldowns yeah that's my yeah, favorite part in a yeah. game it's like going like all right so, where are my teammates at who's yeah. injured oh jimmy's yeah. injured all right i'm coming over here's a heal you also know, like, also Who's as a as a support and it's like this is like i've noticed this as you know playing support in different video games mm-hmm. it's a very thankless job True. if you're doing mm-hmm. your job correctly everything's just humming along they're doing their damage their you know spells are being <laughs> cast everything's great you're fucking up you're hearing about it you know what i mean oh, like yeah. oh fucking like where like where was the heal blah, blah 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 like you know once in a while as like a healer you'll pull off some like ridiculously cool heals or whatever like some cool plays but like for the most part it's not glamorous so as i said you're only you're only hearing about your performance when it's poor <laughs> Yeah, you're only yeah. getting negative oh, yeah. job reviews, not, not exactly. So nobody, it's a very thankless job. Oh, which is also the story of my entire. N- nobody mentions career. that the rest of the party like rushed headfirst into a thing and just pulled like a million enemies. And, no, no, it's not. Yeah, I, it's I, I grow the revive. boss. Yeah. yeah, you have like six DPS guys. They're all like, "Why didn't you heal me first? It's like, well, you're all saying that, man. I'm just one guy. I could do some yeah. small area effect. What the fuck? Yeah, and, no, and just to just to answer to finish that question, uh, personally, uh, I've always been. I mean. I almost always gravitate towards magic user of some kind just because mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, magic sword, fun, sword, sword and shield like is can be fun, it, but it's it's kind of mundane and it's something that, you know, exists. Magic doesn't exist and it's fucking fun. And it and especially like a DD, it's almost depending on how friendly your your uh, dungeon master is. It's almost like you could do anything. Basically, if, if you if you can bullshit your way into like ex- explaining why it should work and how uh, why it's gonna happen uh uh you know your, your dm can make it happen but yeah I, and in video games i i'd say i gravitated between uh like uh, i think and it's not really an archetype but like basically nuker so like high damage high damage dealing like high uh, burst damage like yeah glass cannon kind of business yeah glass cannons uh i love glass yeah, cannons. damage dealers are usually glass and then cannons. And, and then yeah. if i was playing multiplayer or like with a group of people i would like go a little bit more towards support if i could find if there was a class that's like a little bit of both i would go for that and if otherwise i would kind of like pick one or the other and mm-hmm. like and i think it should be really telling that my favorite class and the one that i'm playing in in dnd with you guys is druid which is goddamn hippie which is which is high damage dealer like once you get up in the levels and get some of that crazy shit high damage dealer uh uh like secondary support in terms of buffs and heals and then also i get to it with wild shape i get to tank which is amazing you could have said buffs and nerfs it was right there Oh my god, did he miss an obvious plug for the show that someone's listening to? Unbelievable. <laughs> it's fine. They're already Gentlemen, listening. We don't need to them. advertise. They could be listening harder. I'm not embedding advertisements <laughs> into it. 
Well, it's not All embedding. It's more of a Jeff subtle thing, Bezos. like the way that Buster Nurse makes you uh, handsome. I mean, things like that. Like you occasionally get little messages that just show up, like Buster Nurse makes you cool and stuff all, like that. You know, all like... your swords have a plus one uh, if you listen to Buster Nurse. Just tell your DM they, they already. Oh know. wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Gives you a big dong. Uh, I hope a friend of the show, Mr. P, is listening. <laughs> we uh, all have plus one now because we listen to the show. That's great. Plus um, one what though? Well, plus one whatever your primary to, weapon is. I think would be that... fair. To hit and damage, you know, like that. My dagger, that dagger baby. like that dagger you got. It's My fucking... longsword is now plus two. This is great. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, you know it is. Longsword plus two. Uh, except it's really a short sword. I just say it's a longsword to sound cool, but it's a, it's more of a dirk, really. Anyways, so we're moving on from. I think we're I, passing honestly, the hour mark. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I think we should probably, probably wrap, wrap it up. It up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's, so let's I'm, do I'm one more. Let's do one yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like closing thoughts. Absolutely. Closing Don't get me wrong. I'm okay, not like so... end it now. All right. Okay, guys. We have ten seconds because Andrew wants to end it now. If I, read, I got read things line. to do. Actually, I have literally nothing. I to have do Valhalla to play. play right? I have Valhalla to play. Oh, and then I think I'm seeing Dune tonight. So I've got. Oh I've yeah, got you are. Oh, I, I was. I was supposed. I was supposed to, but you want to go see Dune on the weekend, Andrew? Yeah. Well, uh, the weekend. This weekend is booked. I can. I can during the week. Anyway, we'll talk. We'll talk off mic about this. <laughs> guys, okay. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> Yeah, Buffs and yeah. Nurse, you listen for the video game podcast and you stay for the scheduling of we watching totally forgot Danny Arcade. recording and we're movies. just going to continue on with the conversation. Anyways, oh, go God. You know what? Right now we're in the year like I'm gonna cut 2050. Someone's listening to this and going like, class, this is how you do not do a podcast. <laughs> so I guess the final thing is I guess let's just do final thoughts. Video games, Dungeons and Dragons and video games, both D&D video games, video games influenced by D&D. Uh, I'm going to start with me. So I think that... D&D's influence on video games has been very heavy, and it's all pretty obvious there. You can see how it's embedded in the DNA of almost every single game you're playing. And I'm not just talking, like, shooters and role-playing games and stuff. Like, even things like strategy games all have, like, elements. Like, you know, like, the little ships you're sending off have hit points, that kind of business. And it's interesting. I would also say, as a reverse of that, the... Video games have influenced D&D, because this 5th edition I'm playing, I'm quite enjoying it, but it definitely feels very close to video game mechanics for a lot of it. Like, it has a lot of that sort of, like, it's like the DNA of video games was modified by D&D, but then with the 5th edition it went back in and started adding video game things like buffs and nerfs. See, that's how you do it, boy. That's how you do it. Lame, how dare you. Long story short, I think they're both inter... uh, That's the name of the podcast. I know, right? You guys should listen to Buffs and Nerfs. So tune into Buffs and Nerfs for uh, your video game stuff. Long story short, I've said that like five times now in the last minute. I think they they both are influencing on each other. and But on the whole, you can definitely see how D&D had a huge influence on video games at the start. And I haven't even touched on games like Hack, which were like 1980s text-based, like, mm-hmm. you know, like text interface D&D, like hardcore dungeon crawls and stuff like that. Uh, friend of the show, D-Man loves Hack and hand i could try to do an interview with him and talk about that uh so yeah so long story short dnd very influential on video games but i'd say now it's sort of going the other way video games are influencing how modern dnd is uh next up fight it out i don't care sure i'll go yeah i mean like, like you said like i mean i don't have the history with dnd but it's like i can see now playing dnd obviously i'm playing a more kind of streamlined modernized version but mm-hmm. it's like i can see now so many of the tropes and so many of like so much of like the dna of d of dnd is in other games that i have loved to play like my whole life you know what i mean it's like oh i can see 
where that comes from now i can see like the kind of like the lineage the evolution of that concept back to there and like like you said it's it's inter- it's interesting though because it's like you had this kind of maybe not clunky clunky would you would you call the old the old dnd original dnd clunky i'm trying to think of an adjective for clunky like a similar word that isn't quite so insulting rough. but i'm no rough i wouldn't say, you know what what's between clunky and rough it's like uh unrefined maybe yeah, yeah unrefined okay the, so it's the, like yeah so it's like yeah so you have like the unrefined kind of like D where it's like they influence games and then the games kind of like did things to make it easier better streamlined obviously it's mm-hmm. all you know done electronically in ones and zeros behind the scenes all that math all those dice rolls but then it's like you know you could they they looked at what's working in like other mediums and or media and then brought it over to uh D and like streamlined that process further so it's like it's it's interesting to see that and especially like you know a lot of the history i didn't know sam until you were talking about it earlier so i I found that fascinating so that's like like super cool and it's like just knowing more of the history but yeah overall like i'm having a blast it was you know tons of fun to play over you know the winter quarantine months great social game yeah and you know we kind of fell off a little bit over the summer but you know people have lives people want to be outside for for you know the summertime and not just be like glued to your computer for six hours straight but you know (laughs) now we're we're at a point you know everybody who played obviously was double vaxxed you know we were it's you know it's things are relatively under control here in ontario so it's you know it, it lended itself to okay we could finally play in person so that really elevated it for me i i loved playing it at home um but like to me it was kind of like more of you know we're all just sitting there talking and it's funny too because like we i knew everybody in the group who was playing but don't like a lot of people didn't know each other like you guys had only met very briefly, right? Like you, like I think Boyan, you picked up a hard drive off Sam like one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a while back. Yeah. So and he like, was that's wearing like... a mask, so I didn't even see his face. This yeah, was like mid COVID. <laughs> Wait, are you crying because you're remembering how my face looks? Jesus, why does everyone have that reaction? <laughs> no, I'm uh, saying until we played, until we played at my place, I had not. It's, I don't know what you look like. I think you like... were wearing a mask too. If I remember correctly, when I visited I like, your place, yeah. no, oh, oh no, so, okay, so, I, I committed oh, wow. a bad no, faux pas. I walked did up you have to your a full door. Mask on, like you kind of looked like uh, what's no, his name? I Fucking, did uh, Eric Stoltz from the mask. I, anyways, I, I completely, anyways, I completely forgot my mask was. So I like, I kind of handed it to you at a distance. The hard drive, anyways. Yeah, because when I saw your face when, on the weekend, I was like, oh, you know, this isn't surprising to me. But I, I, in my head, you had a mask on, so I was like, oh, you look how I pictured. Sorry, I think we're uh, interrupting Andrew here, but oh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine um so anyway yeah so it was just nice to like get everybody together and have everybody meet like you like boy on we went out for um a drinks with a, a couple of the other dudes uh sam wasn't there that night i think you had plans that night but yeah so it's like it was just nice to get everybody in the same room again um i mentioned it earlier but the uh dm mr p he like 3d printed out like you know kind of like these modular uh, set pieces that you know because D takes place on a grid we, do we really explain the like the basic premise of D? I mean it's it, I don't know. think it's kind we of a, have to I, I don't, I don't <laughs> at this point yeah to, like if if you're listening to a video game podcast I'm pretty sure at some point you've like understood gotten a little the, yeah. into what D&D is about like yeah, I, I, yeah I, I fair fair so anyway so yeah so Mr. P, things. Yeah. exactly there you go um, so yeah, so Mr. B brought out like 3D printed pieces, like he's got like a little speaker with like ambient music playing. Um, you know, we're all there together, we're cracking jokes, we're having laughs, we're drinking some adult beverages, a couple Dr. Peppers. It's it's just a shit ton of fun. Like it's just such a great way to spend an afternoon. Like Absolutely. and it's 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 just so easy. 
like the thing is too it's like it's so easy to just lose six hours like all of a sudden you're like oh we've been playing for like four and a half hours and like you're you're like where did the time go like it just goes by so quickly um so long story short as a noob i loved it when we were playing apart and now that we're playing together i love it even more and i can't wait to not only finish this campaign but play more in the future especially now that i got some snazzy new dice from a certain (laughs) a certain friend a certain friend of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Th- 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 thanks, boy. Is this the yeah, friend no of the worries. podcast that's like we're talking to right now? Yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, right. I'm right. Spoiler alert, it's boy on. But yeah, no, thanks friend for those die. That that was fucking awesome. And again, you know, shout shout outs to Mr. P for being a fucking awesome DM. It's his first mm-hmm. time. Dude's killing it. And yeah, killing just it. shout out shout outs to the rest of the crew. You know, Scotty, Rob, uh Boyan, obviously, uh Sam, obviously. Shout outs to the whole crew. Um, it's a shit ton of fun. And I can't wait to play more with you boys. And get more people too, whoever else. Hell yeah! I mean, I think we've got we've got a couple people in the sidelines waiting for the new campaign to start, so it's going to be exciting. Anyway, yeah, throwing it to you, Boyan. Um, closing thoughts. Basically, I mean, I think everyone. I've already made it clear how much I love the game, and 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 you know, we talked about its influences. I think uh, one, I it's it's it worked really well, uh, really well for gaming that D laid the blueprint for a lot of things because both both video games and tabletop games are are basically just a collection of systems working together so you can have an experience and tell a story and 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 D kind of laid that blueprint out just before gaming you know was becoming a thing basically uh, i mean in its early, in its very early days so like it, it adopted something that was that already had its the mechanics worked out and then it, it sort of built upon it and evolved that system and of course D, like we said took it back but the one thing that i want to i really want to point out that separates D from video gaming and something that video games will short of some really really futuristic high tech like ai and holodecks and you know i don't know mind reading thought sensing machines or something like where you go basically you until until we get until we have that kind of tech video games will never will never be able to replicate the the endless creativity and options of of dnd i mean uh, uh, it's it's a story being told between a group of players and and a dm and it's just like it's a constant like back and forth feedback loop of of base like he's 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 looking at he's watching like how we're playing what we're doing with our characters he's uh, the 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 game is literally being developed in his head uh and in our collective heads as we're playing and like we're you know it's not pre-built i mean there are pre-built adventures but it's not pre-built uh a hundred percent so like that kind of endless like creativity where we could just decide to not give a fuck about the main quest and do something else like i've heard i've I've heard endless stories of you know it's like they they didn't care about you know the bbeg the the plot hooks for flying the big bad evil guy for fighting the big bad evil guy they decided they wanted to start a revolution in in a kingdom and, and 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 start gathering allies you know what i mean like you could just completely subvert what the game's about and do what you want and what your party wants and no video game could do that like it's 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 not because it, it would be impossible to build something like that without like i said some you of can't that have it that open-ended fantasy. so yeah mm-hmm. so i i encourage i mean i mean both both 
uh, those who are newer to the game and and anybody who who's who's been thinking of trying it out think about how incredible that it, that part of it is and and when you go into it despite the connections to video gaming try your very best to not play D like a video game because it, you're limiting yourself and like you're limiting what you what can be done because you can do stifling crazy, you're stifling the creativity you can cr- do crazy stuff and like the the sooner you get to anybody like when you start playing the sooner you get to the point where you realize how open-ended everything is the more fun you're gonna have so that's that's me confession very time. well played that was great when when I'm playing D and D, I have a controller in my hand under this head. It just feels weird. I can't I can't do it without. Um, I, I need that. I need that sort of thing. Anyways, so that's been our podcast about uh, Dungeons and Dragons video games and the relationships between the two. As it is not a, just a one way street, it's a two way street. Um, and our experiences with them. And uh, we want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Um, yeah, so, uh, this has been a uh, mind refinery presentation of the buffs and nerfs podcast it took me a second there to remember what the name of the show was i'm can be followed on instagram at sam underscore last name all spelled out no actual underscore like the word u-n-d-e-r-s-c-o-r-e uh that's actually pretty much it for my social media presence uh andrew do you have anything that you wish to nameify yourself yeah i just wanted to uh first of all just throw out um you know mind refinery uh check us out on youtube uh instagram uh twitter Facebook, all that fun stuff. You just search Mind Refinery, it'll come up. Uh, we got some stuff in the works. We were just shooting this weekend. Um, it was uh, a lot of fun. So it's um, for, yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. It's been announced. Um, it's for a new hip hop show that we will be uh, working on and releasing soon called Scene, um, featuring the very, very talented Coburn Blair as a host. So look for that soon. Um, otherwise, we got a shit ton of content for you. Of course, all free. We got podcasts, we got short form content. Content. We got, you know, we got documentary long form content. We have short films, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. Uh, Mind Refinery, wherever, pretty much wherever has a search bar. Go nuts. Um, as far as, as far as me, I'm Porn Andrew. La- I mean, I, I, <laughs> all right, we're not getting into that. Let's. Uh, <laughs> all, I, this is a family friendly podcast. You, uh, you know, you 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 search where you want to search, and whatever happens, happens. But yeah, as I was saying, I'm Andrew Lanza. You can find me at. Uh, you know, all the places, mainly Instagram and Twitter at L-A-N-C-A. That's E-L-A-E-N-C-I-A-E. Yeah. And you can find me there um, for more info about me. Check out those places. Anyway, boy, on where can the people, where can the fine folks find you? Uh, I'm basically just on Instagram. So uh, it's uh, T-E-H underscore B-O-J-A-N-G-E-L-E-S. Uh, so T-H-O Jangles. Uh, yeah, you can you can uh, uh, follow me on there, uh, and you know what? Maybe as a special treat, uh, as a warning to uh, any would-be uh, Dungeons and Dragons players, I will be showing you the 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 uh, dark underbelly of uh, having a uh, mass dice addiction. Uh, since I pl- started playing and watching D and D, I've been buying dice just because they look so fucking cool, uh, uh, and uh, now I have way too many fucking dice even though i dice gave away. porn so i'll be showing you uh my my dice collection if you want to see uh i showed you my dice collection I'm gonna yeah, let's be real. can you really have too many dice because like that's, you're gonna roll that d20 and it's bad luck you gotta get another one man as i as i like scratch my neck like no man no nah. you never have too many man <laughs> no nah, man 
Y'all got any of that D8s? <laughs> you ever, oh, God. <laughs> Y'all got any of those D12s, the most uh, least used die? You ever suck dick for dice? <laughs> um, once. Anyways, guys. Oh, there you go. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, this is, this Thanks is for having me. As the host of the show now, I'm going to close it off. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> I do yeah, have to go it's been, it's been nice talking to these two Peace guys. Out, I don't know if they'll be around next time. Um... Boy, uh, boy, uh, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Give us a relationship. Relationship. I I'm out. I'm stopping my recording right now. <laughs>